Welcome to episode one of season two of Ed's Not Dead. Hey, boys. Hey. We are back. Sophomores. And better sophomores. than ever. That's right. Do you know how to spell sophomore? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I know how to spell sophomore. There's a, mis- there's a mysterious a hidden, O in there. O. That's right. Yeah. Is there really? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Soph O-more. Soph O-more. Okay, I'll so- our Soph O-more season. That's right. I'm Robbie Dodd. I am one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by... Mr. Casey Siddons. Say hi, Mr. Siddons. Hello. And Mr. Peter Crable. Hey there. It is good to be back. I have to say that I missed you guys over the summer. We didn't see each other that much. We met once to uh, kind of vaguely talk about the show. (laughs) You're very busy now. I am very busy. We made a list of things to do. We did. I'm not sure we did any of them. No, I think you guys did a lot. (laughs) Who was supposed to... Did you? Were you supposed to email that to us? That to do list? No, that wasn't me, was it? Mm, no, yeah, who would have? I don't know. I, I can't remember. Someone was taking notes. <laughs> I can't remember. That was a, that was a several meetings ago. Was that the summer meeting? Okay, whatever. Anyway, welcome back, folks. Thank you to our loyal audience that has that listened to us last year and actually, as Mr. Krabs very closely followed our, our metrics, listened to us over the summer. Yeah, shockingly, caught, yeah. shockingly so. People listened to us over the summer. Got caught up on some of our episodes. Yep, yep. I had a I have a, a professional friend who listened to our first episode ever and said that it was <laughs> the biggest amateur exercise <laughs> in the history of podcasts. Yeah, we gotta delete that. It was really embarrassing. We, we thought it was really good. We, we were like, we guys, this was so good. I listened to my voice so many times in that. I thought it was really cool. one take one take yes anyway uh you we're can... now an llc we are we are yeah okay yeah and we don't have our labor poster up yet so we have to oh, make geez. sure osha doesn't stop to... by okay we have to put that up <laughs> it's right. in my it's in my office okay very nice yeah yep uh although we're i just want to say for the audience and for anybody else that might be listening we're not making any money off of <laughs> zero so actually we're losing no. money yeah so we're an llc and <laughs> name only uh you can find me at rw dot on twitter mr sids at C.H. Siddons. And at Peter Crable. And also at Ed's Not Dead PC. Mm-hmm. All right, real quickly. How many th- followers do you have now? I'm pushing 1,000. Wow. Woohoo! Man. I got twice what you have? Did you get it? Did you get what? Do wipe? I have twice what you have? You do. You <laughs> okay, do. I just it's not, to it's clarify not this, that. Come on. All right. Let's not go there. Did, uh, your, did your followers get wiped out after the trolls were taken out of Twitter? <laughs> no, I stayed pretty stable. I dropped to like 100 followers. Mr. Crable's probably made no effort at upping his Twitter follower followership no you're up you're no, getting yeah, up there it's, yeah. it's over 100 yeah mm-hmm. yeah very good like double it or something all right i can't remember how many i started with any recent uh any recent blog posts on ed's not dead mr crable was was pumping out the blog yeah, at the end there yeah um, he was on fire in the spring <laughs> i almost wanted to call his boss to check to make sure he was actually working i just it just came to me and i'd like do voice notes on my phone and then go home and write them yeah you were writing some good ones uh the good one that se- people seem to dig uh the joy of teaching oh, that yeah yeah i can't well, remember if we did that one at the end of last season or no if that I did was the afterwards. summer i thought yeah yeah, yeah. Because the Golden State Warriors had mm-hmm. just won. That's uh, right. So it was a June right. thing. Late yeah. June a good one. Thing. The NBA championship. So mm-hmm. it's talking about their embrace of joy in the workplace and how that leads to success. Very nice. Yeah. So are you saying we have to like make people happy? No, you just have to be happy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just be happy. You have to find the joy of, of teaching. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And find the joyous person in your building and let them be your leader. Love it. As they've done to Steph Curry. 
That's true. Yeah. That's true. You've got to That's know true. your why. Know your why with Simon Sinek. <laughs> uh, I, All right. I, how I got you? a blog that's coming out on ASCD. Oh. Yeah. In November. Okay. And what the is... The Orange Theory Classroom. Okay. You are you right. You didn't even read it. Yeah, I did too. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I no, you did. Didn't. I swear I read it. I don't think you read it. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I did read it. It's about... I can tell you all about it. It's about why uh, I was I go to this gym called Orange Theory. It's a bougie gym. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably more money than I should be spending on a gym. And uh, Considering you're tight as a tick. Millennial. <laughs> tight as a tick. Well, that was in a news article recently. They called someone, a uh, famous person, tight as a tick. Yeah. Anyway, Millennials are tight as a tick. Tight as a tick. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's I went to this gym, and I just felt that it was the way that good instruction should be. Mm-hmm. And that's what the blog is about. And are you st- are you, you still using that that form of working out? It sh- yes, at- you like that. these chicken arms. You <laughs> like these at- chicken arms. Fell twice a week, buddy. <laughs> That's good. Twice so did you week. give your co-editor over here any props? No, no. no. I, I said that I gave a shout out that we're Ed's not dead podcast. Oh, nice. He yeah, never mentioned me in any of his writing either. What do you mean? And then, Mr. Graves, what about uh, you have an article that you're working on um, for AMLE on school transitions, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of got sidetracked on it, but yeah, talking about how to ease the transition to middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it last season on one of the episodes um, about using Project Success, uh, so uh, lumping all students together yeah. in one, one class for four four subjects. It's that was a great middle team. school. Yeah, future that was a middle great school. description, sorry. <laughs> Put me on the spot there. Yeah. No, it was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on a side note, Casey sent me a picture <laughs> last night. I don't want to see it. It's, I'm afraid to see it. No, Why didn't he include me on it? I don't know. You saw it. But it is, when this episode comes out, it is a thousand percent going. <laughs> on the Twitter sphere? On the Twitter sphere. <laughs> We talked about that picture last year. He, he found it. He, the, found, he found it. it the, yeah. first, the first year teaching it's, picture. It's yeah. Casey's 2008-2009 school picture. He, he, it he looks, looks like it a child. Lo- it looks like his eighth grade picture. My wife and goes... Look at, and look at that dude. She, my got. wife goes, I'm dead. She goes, wait, I thought that was his middle school picture. You know I, what? I had two people say that. I thought it was your sophomore picture. I have been meaning to show that picture to my family as well, and I forgot to do it. That is a great, great shot. That's good. First year teaching. Look at look at how he you was know. he was positive mm-hmm. and inspired. no bags, no it's, bags. Yeah, it's before he became an embittered <laughs> bald guy, <laughs> washed up teacher. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, in other suburban news, I'm glad to see that we all came back to the same jobs that That's we had true. last last spring. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. We, we all the same jobs, right? Yeah, no, I'm I am. I am back in the vineyard, wow. as they say. You know, John Goodlad, who was a great middle of the 20th century educational writer and theorist, used to say that occasionally you have to go back to the vineyard to pick the grapes in education. So makes sense. I am now a high school principal. That's and exciting. So Congratulations. Great, Congrats. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It's a great honor. It's, What's the biggest change from middle school to high school? Okay. I did not know we were going to do <laughs> Well, we're doing that. You know how you put us on the spot? So, <laughs> Set it up. Just one thing. Uh, One thing, biggest change from what? Just the biggest, the biggest change that you've noticed going from middle to high. It can be superficial. Yeah, we don't have to get too deep here. I think I'm going to have to do a really good job of working through the people that are closest to me. Um, when I was a first year elementary principal, I didn't have an assistant principal. It was me. Wow. It was me and 400 kids <laughs> and a counselor. Wow. Um, and now at the high school level, you've got lots of folks that yeah. are highly trained right. and 
Um, so you can't control everything and you can't have your hands on everything. So you really have to be effective at working through people. So wow. I've got to, I've got to get really good at that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's what I'm learning so far. Cool. Nice. Yep. And I think a couple more congratulations are in order. Dr. D. Dr. Bob Dodd. It's official. Dr. Bobby D-B-D. D. D-B-D. Yeah. Our friend Benno Young can call me Dr. Bobby D. There you go. Thankfully. Yeah. yeah that was, thankfully that's over. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of the more trying things in my life of completing that. Well, now you can um, just spend more time at work. So yeah, <laughs> and it, and it all you know, I I do have to say it's nice when I think about the challenges of being a high school principal. I don't have that oh. anybody that's completed a doctorate that getting up before sure. the kids on Saturday morning yeah. and trying to write and mm-hmm. and so that's done. So yeah. so that's good. So well, thank you, guys. congrats, man. Thank yeah. you for recognizing all that stuff. Dr. D. I can't use the finishing the diss for the reasons why I'm not prepared for the show anymore. <laughs> you got other excuses now. Uh, so we're good on I the do. diss. I do. I do. <laughs> anyway, um, so really quickly, before we get into our feature segment uh, on episode one of season two of Ed's Whoa. Not Dead, where we're going to talk about grit and growth mindset, deficit thinking with a big fat question mark by our friend Rick Wormley who we had on the show last year. I want yep. to find out uh, a highlight from each of you from your summer. Real quick. Oh. Oh. oh well, we had to. <laughs> oh, man. I went to see did a, you do any excessive teacher traveling like you I, always no, do? No, I didn't. I, okay. I saw a bunch of fish shows. Very nice. I did. Okay, so you're back in your fish. You're kind of reliving your 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 early 20s, yep. late teens. Yep. That's went down cool. to Raleigh. Yeah, I heard you had Mr. Crable's son on your shoulders at a, at a fish concert. Yeah, That's from was, all the Orange Theory workouts. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Owen was digging that. Yeah, uh, he August, was excited. But yeah, August. August. He was, he was, <laughs> I don't know his kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I really care. When they, when they listen to this, they're like, <laughs> yeah, right. who was that guy? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he had him on his shoulders the whole time. Yeah. And August was playing drums on his head, mm-hmm. and he had a glow stick axe, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> Very nice. A lot of glow sticks. All right, so fish. So it was fun. Okay, yeah. we went. We visited Raleigh for a couple of days. That's exciting. Drove back up here. Is it Saturday Raleigh or rally? Rally. What, what kind of barade? <laughs> anyway, so that was fun. That was my highlight. I'd say nothing nice. else really. I no. went to the homestead with the in-laws. Oh, yeah. It's their 40th wedding anniversary. Mm. 40th wedding so, anniversary. Did you do any trout fishing there? Did no trout fishing. Okay. Oh, but, I did that uh, in June. Yeah, you did trout fishing. I in caught the... four trout. <laughs> That's a lie. I did. Did you I really? Four, yeah. Okay, we got to talk about that off air. Yeah. All right. It's Mr. very Cra- frustrating. Mr. Crabes did the did the two week full two week vacay. I did. I did this first time and since I think I was a child that I've done it. Yeah. Um, and it kind of feels like old news at this point, but I did have a child. Oh, that's right. Yes, I think since the last time we uh, we spoke. Yeah, so I got a little Congrats. baby. Yeah, a little baby girl. Her name is Pearl. 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 I think when we had our last recording, it was very close. It yeah, was we were very close. close. We like were days, we, we, we two were, days. I think we were actually scheduling our shows around when Pearl was going to arrive. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think that that led to the end. It was like I think this should be the last. Did, one. did Mr. Crab's daughter have anything to do with naming her Pearl? <laughs> you never told him that. <laughs> what, Mr. Crab? You know, he's not going to know that. He doesn't know that. He doesn't watch SpongeBob. Oh, oh no. come on. No, SpongeBob might be the worst show on television. <laughs> no. There's SpongeBob like, is hysterical. There's like zero redeemable okay. qualities okay. about Excuse it. Me. SpongeBob yeah. is... If yeah, there's a you. Mount Rushmore of cartoons, <laughs> oh, SpongeBob yeah. holds... It's the, the Teddy Roosevelt. Absolutely. Maybe I, I just haven't sat down and ingested it well, well, quite fully listen, enough. Just, you Your can't... daughter is named after <laughs> one of the, the more hysterical <laughs> characters on a cartoon Is she the time. astronaut monkey? She, Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs is a lobster. That's right. 
I think, or a crab. He's a crab. <laughs> he's a crab. He's a crustacean. <laughs> he's a crustacean. Sorry, what is he, Mr. Crab? He's no. a crustacean. Larry the lobster is a Larry, lobster. Okay. That's right. right. But, but he he looks a little like uh, he looks a little like a lobster. He does, he's, but he's 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 big. He's very red. He's a big boy. Anyway, he has a daughter that's a whale. Right. And her and her name is Pearl. Pearl. Okay. And and Pearl. And so anyway, I Mr. Crab. I have to admit, when we've talked about Pearl, I think it's, Pearl. It's the Don't you? He texted me a couple of days after he found out your name was the name was Pearl. He goes. Dude, I just figured out that Mr. Krabs has a daughter named Pearl, like SpongeBob. And I was like, oh, my God. Your head exploded. Head exploded. Both of you did. Yeah. Head exploded. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we're welcome welcome to Pearl. Welcome, and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing great. Yeah, doing very well. She's doing been easier well. than the boys? Uh, in between. Not as easy as one and easier than another. Okay. That's good. That's very there. good. Yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and your better half, has, has, she's doing great. Surprisingly well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Surviving. Street. God, the Crable Clan is growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's done. We'll see. <laughs> Number four, coming soon. Done. All right. Well, it's good to see you guys. I always tell people that instead of getting together and playing poker, we get together and do a podcast. That's right. So this is our source of fun. And it's more we, fulfilling. Yeah. And we appreciate all the people that listen to us and tune in and tweet about the show. Uh, we actually had our friend Francis Frost tweet last night and said, I saw that. Yeah, when's episode one coming out? Mm-hmm. We had a... An amazing lineup of guests, including our friend Rick Wormley, who has a new article, Mr. Crabe, that Crabe's that you dug up, and it is about grit and growth mindset. And the conceit of the article, I think, is that our friend Rick is asking whether grit and growth mindset are really deficit thinking in disguise. So. Do the ways that schools institutionalize growth mindset and telling kids try harder, just study more, um, do it again. Uh, if you work hard, you'll do well. Uh, is that being institutionalized in schools in a way that is inequitable and doesn't really address some of the core issues um, that confront kids and and schools, challenges that, that some some schools have more than others? And is it just another way of, of um, uh, not serving the needs of, um, of kids of color or kids that are coming from um, more impacted socioeconomic backgrounds? And so he kind of flips this on its head. What, what are your thoughts, Mr. Krebs? Give us some background on it. So, in, I, you know, I don't know. This is, I can speak to my personal evolution and or journey or something. And I, Sometime in the last couple of years, I, I don't ever really kind of recall greater growth mindset being at the forefront of education in terms of like it's been around for a while, but um, it really seemed to kind of catch fire as an idea in my in my sphere um, a couple of years ago. And to be totally honest, um, I think just the skeptic in me immediately before I knew anything or had any information <laughs> thought it was a fad, fad, and you know was probably most likely terrible um again not based on anything but just, just being a cynic a little bit of being a cynic and the kind of you know you know in education there there is no silver bullet you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i kind of felt like it was being talked about and treated as some silver bullet well here it is if we just have kids persevere mm-hmm. if we just have kids work a little harder then all of a sudden they're going to be successful and so certainly for me, um, there were parts of that that I immediately was like, I don't know. I don't know about all that. 
And I think what this article has done, and we're going to give a link to it, and just so you – fair warning, it's really long and really heavy. Um, and very good. Very, It's really good, but I've, I've had to read it three times. I probably need to read it three times more. Um, so as you said, you know, well, to what extent is that just saying, you child – it's you that needs to do better, and it's you that needs to do more, and it's you that needs to persevere. Because something's wrong with you. Because something's wrong with you, and it takes, in, in isolation such as that, it takes all responsibility off the teacher. So if that's the case, then what, what the heck is the teacher's job? Mm-hmm. You know I, what I, I mean? also think that um, yeah. they're, they're teaching grit or they're pushing programs that focus on grit and perseverance in lower, economic, lower socioeconomic schools, right? Mm-hmm. Most likely, and also probably majority of schools that have um, students of color who are the majority in the in the school, so it's placing the burden of doing better and learning on the student rather than on the systems that have pushed these inequities in the first place. They're not doing they're not doing grit programs and perseverance programs at at rich wealthy schools or private schools. I, I just don't see that happening. It's, it's just something that it comes in with, it's involved with the KIPP program in, in inner city schools for Teach Like a Champion. It teaches, you know, you just have to try it like you're saying, like try harder without actually taking into account that there's so much inequity in, in these inner city schools and lower SES schools that's keeping kids down from actually succeeding, not just because they're not trying hard enough. And I, th- I think another part of it is school, um, you know, and I don't know if I've said on the podcast, but school is like a game and there are rules to school and there are ways to win at school. Mm-hmm. And some kids do better at school because they can follow those rules mm-hmm. and they can conform to those rules and they can conform to those, those norms and their particular set of skills is well-suited to what school is. But I'm sure everyone in the audience and all of us can think of kids that they grew up with, kids that they went to high school with. Me sitting right here. Yeah. That didn't maybe, Definitely Mr. Siddons. That maybe didn't do <laughs> didn't do so great in school because it didn't fit who they were, but are fine. They're right. totally fine. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm not sure where I was going with that. Well, let me then let me help you out. Yes. I, because now we've kind of we've kind of taken one approach, so let's argue against ourselves because yes. that's what we do very yeah. well. There's a lot of great research done out there by the Albert Banduras of the world, the Carol Dwecks of the world about growth mindset and fixed mindsets. And there's some good research on um, you know psychosocial research. Those things are, I think, in the literature, real concepts. They're real. Yeah, yeah they're real. Um, so I guess what I hear you guys saying is taking, you know, real um, kind of constructs about how kids learn and somewhere along the line, the way they get institutionalized or implemented or written about reminds me of the Howard Gardner multiple intelligences stuff back from when I came up as a teacher in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, we find out now that, that that a lot of that, there wasn't a lot of really great science uh, underpinning that. There's some good science here, um, good social science. Uh, you know, Albert Bandura is one of the one of the foremost um, psychologists of the of the 20th century, and looked at human agency, um, growth mindset really extensively. 
so I don't want to I don't want to say that it doesn't exist and it's not important to help kids develop healthy growth mindsets. I just don't know if we do it in a way that's effective and we is it purposeful? Yeah, and is it purposeful? Is it strategic? Is it planned? That's the question I have because and don't talk- all and don't all kids and don't most kids need it? I mean, why are we only yeah. doing it with some kids? Well, and I think they that brings up a good point about like are we how are we teaching it? Or if you just say, you know, I believe in you. Or, you know, effective effort can lead to achievement. Right. That's all well and good. But I used you, to say that all the time. Really. And it's, it, those are important messages to send. But if you just send those and don't, it doesn't reflect, it's not reflective. I'm sorry, it's not reflected in the assignments that you give or the grading policy that you have. That's a big or one. Or the communication that you have or don't have with parents. Whether or not you say that you have a growth mindset doesn't matter. Right. And t- take away all labels. When kids are confronted with a challenge, should they work through the challenge and try to persevere through it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. right? And I think that, you know, is that is growth mindset. Sure. As Robbie said, it comes to an issue of implementation. Mm-hmm. I should say it can come to an issue of implementation because it's certainly not that way across the board. Right. Do it again. Try harder. You didn't get it. Well, then it's a personal failing. Right. Without... Um, knowing the kid or the circumstances or the anything. And that's one of the things at the end of this article that he talks about, that it is so important to know the kids, to know where they're coming from, to know what challenges they're dealing with. You know, and that that kind of falls under the personal relationship building because (laughs) Robbie can say things to you that set you off (laughs) and really upset you. No. Excuse me? (laughs) I wasn't. I was reading. That if somebody else said to you, you, you'd probably write off. Yeah. But because you have a relationship... Yeah. (laughs) I've I've gotten those phone calls before. Somebody somebody can push you. (laughs) Right. And the same thing goes for teachers. If I have a student that knows me, that trusts me, that believes I'm really out for his or her best interest, yeah, then maybe I can say... This is not good. Yeah. You can try harder. You can do better. You can spend more time, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the sort of like hands off, you know, clean, I taught it. They didn't learn it. They didn't try again. Sure. So they're going to fail. And that's or, or we don't have time. There's too much curriculum to get through. We don't have time for that. We can't do that. I can't allow them to do that many redos or I can't do this or that. I think it's an excuse sometimes that. Um, some content areas make more than others. Some levels make more than others. But I think it, what you're saying, it comes down to knowing your kids and being able to plan your lessons and your and the way that you teach around those kids. Yeah, and relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to... Think, I think, Mr. Graves, to your point, though, and Wormley talks about this in the piece, and we had this discussion with Zaretta Hammond in season one, that... For some kids, if the school is inherently set up to be unfair, the way that it's it's conceived institutionally, and Zaretta said that to us. I mean, mm-hmm. Zaretta Zaretta went there and said that um, that she would argue that schools are 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 set up to to negatively impact black and brown kids. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and then we're preaching them to them to to just try harder in a system that is is not going to allow them to succeed to a degree. Right. Um, it wasn't designed for them. Okay. So that's that's what I think he's getting at for here. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but then there's, you know, there's, there's uh, 
there's that great literature on warm demanders and and mm-hmm. and relationships that teachers have with kids. Um, I think within the classroom setting, certainly individual teachers develop growth mindsets in kids through the positive ways they teach all the time. Sure. Um, uh, you know, and, 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 and race may or may not play a part of that socioeconomic background. I mean, you know, if teachers that have, that have high expectations and, and the term used to be academic press, remember that was a big term in the nineties, teachers that really pressed a lot. Uh, the nineties, the nineties, you guys were still, (laughs) you're like class of ninety something Mm-mm. but to, to your point i think you really hit the nail on the head in terms of the warm demander mm-hmm. because again grit and growth mindset in isolation is student deficit yes student Agreed. lacking yes right yeah and is- look do our students come to us sometimes lacking certain skills yeah of course that's yeah. why they're in school so and they right. can learn things and do you have to get on kids yes yes <laughs> do sometimes right. you have to harass kids yes. yeah yeah i do but yeah the teach it's not just you you kid you do this it's teacher develop the relationship push the kid when necessary you know read the situation develop did i say develop the relationship i probably did sure but you know hand in hand going together you know i think then you're starting to really talk about something that can be effective what what do you suppose are the limits are there limits to growth mindset if you have a high, if you're in a high school or you're in eighth grade and you're reading at a second grade reading level and or you're in high school and you're you have to be reading complex texts and uh, you know what are the limits are the are the limits from the student end or are the limits from the teacher end or both? Well, it's it's. I know that's we're opening a can of worms. Well, no, that, well I know Robbie. She, I, she got me thinking about our interview again with Zaretta Hammond and she talked about. I remember asking her, okay, if a kid is at a second grade reading level, right. ready for rigor. Right. What do you yeah. What do you give him? Right. right. She said you give him what's appropriate for him. Right. You don't give him the eighth grade or, sure. or whoever right. the eighth grade text and just right. be like, here you go. Right. You know, you give kids what is relevant and rigorous and necessary for them. With the idea, though, that you're headed somewhere else. Correct. That you're not going to keep them there. Correct. That you're doing it in a way that you're preparing them for something harder. Correct. There should be that, there that, should be a uh, there should be an end goal somewhere along correct. the way. Um. Oh, I tell, I tell. See, this—that's the rust. I had to shake the rust. The off. rust. I just either the rust. <laughs> you need or, some rust. The rust or the age. I completely <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. Um, so anyway, I I do think though that to your question, I think growth mindset is good for all kids. I mean, if Mr. Crable, you say that school is a game to a degree, that we we don't want kids to play a game. We want kids to learn in a way that is not just, I know the hoops I have to jump through. I'm going to memorize the material. I'm going to take a test. I'm going to get an A, right? As educators, I think we want kids to really learn at, at a depth that, that that's what growth mindset is really about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, if you want to have a performance orientation or a fixed mindset, then that's the game. Right. And so right. we, you know, we want all kids to to do a do thinking that is at a much deeper level. Um, and that's where I think the role of teachers come in and sure. how they teach, how yeah. they plan, how they teach, how they build relationships with kids. And, and to your point, I just thought about this, you know, the it's not performance-based. In the hoops in the games, it's very much, you know, hit this target on this test at this number. Mm-hmm. It's all performance. And, you know, you kind of take that away. You're just talking about what you can know and do. Um 
which I, now I see I see the connection to why why Rick wrote about this because yeah. he's so <laughs> yeah because he's, he's a, so he's so big on that right, yeah. about standards based and about what kids know and not about any specific task right mm-hmm. you know so really emphasizing that and yeah that would be pretty cool to see all right last word Mr. Sids uh are th- I, I guess my I'm a big fan of growth mindset and I'm a big advocate for growth mindset. I think you can do anything you're, you're effectively put your effort towards, but I do wonder about the, the limits based with, with all the constraints that teachers have and the limits that might be on an individual person that have been accrued over time and just kind of, you know, calcified. Right. Well, you know what you can see sometimes in schools, you'll see, you'll see a school that is, that is trying to create an ethos around growth mindset but then you'll see a uh, code of conduct or a disciplinary system that's totally Skinnerian. That if <laughs> completely you, opposite, right? It's right. like operant conditioning. If you do this, boom, this is going to happen. Yes. So well, uh, you broke that rule. That's right. So, that's right. so that's two steps. That's back. where some of the problems occur. Yeah. To yeah. Back to where we started with implementation, trying to, you know, create an organizational approach to this stuff that makes sense for for kids and is not just to try to fix what's wrong with them yeah right sure all right can we end there yeah all right are we coming back we're after, coming after, back after a short yeah, break right. what's after the break did we, did i we... think there's a quiz show okay Ooh, yeah. no i have no idea did we do well enough in the first segment to come back <laughs> i think so i think all we right. can come back Got all right a little sweaty in here though what letter did we give us what letter grade a c c plus i'm, a, I'm in a growth mindset right now We're going to continue to grow as the show goes along. We're showing growth. We're emerging. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We are back. Welcome back, folks, to... Episode one of season two of Ed's Not Dead. I like saying that over and over again. There's so much I want to talk about from the summer news. So this and you is, won't let me. This is the time of the show. It's so you, annoying. You want to do totally lame World Cup trivia. We're I not, do. We're not doing that. I do. Uh, How many World Cups has Brazil won? Six. Five. Oh, I was close. You were close. That's pretty good. When was the first World Cup? 1932. It was 19. 19- <laughs> you don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Do you know what country it took place in? Uruguay. Very good. Ooh, say that again. Uruguay. And what place did the United States place in the first World Cup? Second. Third. <laughs> Boom. Really? Yeah. Guess what place they got in this time? Uh, they were not in it. Oh, uh, that hurts. I did know that. Zeroth. Zeroth. Yes. Okay, well, I have a... Uh, American exceptionalism. <laughs> we're so good, we just... We just didn't want to join. There you go. Uh, all right. So this is the time of the show where we either do a lamely put together quiz show <laughs> offered by Mr. Sims, or we do Dear. I take Be- I take exception with that or, because or I we wor- do Dear Betsy, which we're we're going to pass on this. Dear Ditsy Betsy, our our loyal audience is going to have to tune in to episode two uh, to hear. Dear Betsy, we'll so do, yeah, we'll do a Dear Betsy. Stay then. tuned. So, what do you have, Mister Sid? I have a quiz about education in America. We're going to see how you do. Fun facts about the history of education. Is it, is it me in and, America? Me and Mister. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? Me and Mister Craves head to head. That's right. Yeah, and I'm going to pick okay. the answer that you all want me to pick. How's that? Because okay. it'll move us. Who's forward keeping here. score? Look at look at Craves. Oh, right you want to do a score? Okay, yeah, he's okay. got he's got PC. But and which RD one am I going to choose? Down. I'm going to pick. I'm going to have to choose one here because I have to choose an answer. It's multiple choice. And then it'll make, let me go no, forward. I'll just tell you whether it's right or wrong. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. What? Number one, <laughs> when was the first public school founded in the United States of America? Was there, it's a date? It's a year. It's a year. 
1692, 1610, 1635, or 1776. 1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1635-1
Harvard, Oberlin, the University of California, or Yale? Yale. Harvard. Um, it's actually Oberlin. Ooh, Oberlin College Oberlin in Ohio College. was the first to have mixed gender classes. Go, Oberlin. Yep, you know. That's great. Number eight. What percentage of Americans had high school diplomas in 1910? Three, nine, 12, or 25%? 25%. 12. Wrong. 9% of people oh. in 1910 had a high school diploma by 1935. Seriously? Because of changes in the school systems and changes in state law, that number jumped to 40%. Number nine. Which that, famous that, Supreme... That, sh- 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 that's pretty surprising. Yeah. Sh- sh- yeah. Which... <laughs> okay. I'm not allowed to I, talk. I bet you like that. You like that, didn't you? Which famous Supreme Court ruling said that separate but equal education what... <laughs> is not okay? Oh, separate but equal. Come on. Is it Plessy, Tinker, Brown, or Santa Fe? Brown. Mm-hmm. Brown versus Board of Education. That's correct. Did you did you see how uh, Cos tried to – Mr. Cos tried to – He trolled me. He tried to troll Mr. It was a random, was a random did, troll. You did a good job resisting. I, I, I threw in the nuance. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Teaching is complex. You're going to be – you're going to be – you're gonna be. You're gonna be like. You're gonna be the ki- guy. You're, you're <laughs> gonna be killed for your stance on lecture for yeah. the rest of time. That's okay. That's fine. What is a charter school? A publicly funded school that is exempt from some guidelines. Public schools must follow. All right, folks. A privately for funded. School. <laughs> you're such a jerk. Such a jerk. I okay. win. What was the first state that allowed charter schools in 1991? Minnesota. Is that right? Minnesota. Oh. That's right. Minnesota water here now. Yeah. Killer. Oh yeah. You all fail. <laughs> what, all what, fail. We tied. It was four four. Very yeah. nice. Wow. Very nice. Good when, job, Mr. Siddons. When I used to do classroom games with my students, I'd always try to rig it so that they that each side's got ties. That's cool. They're not listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> then they both left either miserable or pleased. Yeah. Yeah. And then no one felt bad. That, <laughs> okay. That. How perfectly does that extend <laughs> that everybody gets a trophy? And that is a millennial. Because I wanted is, are you to, teaching I wanted to have, that way? Not only I wanted to have class cohesion. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. You it didn't worked. want to upset the apple cart at Correct. all? Correct. Yeah, when you have 32 kids in your house, you want to keep everything on the on, on the right. down low. Everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. <laughs> you did not. No one making fun of anybody else. You did not want a performance culture in I your did classroom. Not. I did not. Yeah. did not. And it worked out. It worked out. All right. There's some some groups that just did just couldn't just couldn't get the tie. All right, so what are we looking forward to in season 2 on Ed's Not Dead? We are going to do a live broadcast this fall. Yep. And we're going to partner with uh as yet to be named nonprofit that we are going to hopefully be able to support. They're on board. I've talked to them. Yeah, okay. they're fine. Well, we'll just wait till it. Yeah, we're going to wait yeah. till. We're How gonna... do nonprofits make money? <laughs> okay. Um you never thought about that? Mr. Sittens, what guests do you have lined up for us? I'm like a hundred. Just like <laughs> at least any you can throw in the out. Tens. You you know what? You've got a lot of pressure this year because last year you booked Zaretta Hammond, uh Carol Ann Tomlinson. Rick, I, don't, I don't think Carol's gonna come back on our show. Rick Wormley. Why? I thought she liked us. There, you asked some snarky questions, and I don't well, think she was pleased with them. That is not true. Maybe I asked them. You know, I was a disciple of hers. Yeah. I I, I you know, I mean I didn't I don't know. It's okay. Anyway, uh, so. We're going to try to get Clint Smith on the show. Okay, good stuff. He's a good dude. And you've reached out to our friends Zaretta Hammond again. Yes. We'd love to get she her got back, back on the to show. Me. Yep. Okay. Er- Erica Boddington. Okay. She's uh, ahead of the Langston League, and um, it's a curriculum uh, that's focused on um, equity in schools. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to get our friend back from the Rensselaer Institute on. Oh, yeah. She was great. Uh, Jillian Williams. She's in Jillian yeah. Williams. Yeah, she was awesome. We're going to have uh, John Harper on. That's right. Very John good. Harper. John Harper's mm-hmm. coming up. From Maryland. From, yeah. Our, from yeah. Maryland. Focuses yep. on uh, teacher well-being. Blogger. Yep. Podcast. Yep. 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 Um, so, Barack okay. Obama. 
Yeah, Barack Obama. I emailed him again. Okay. Didn't get back to me. Donald Trump? Mm, nope. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. How about DD? Who's DD? Ditsy. <laughs> Ditsy DeVos. Uh, Ditsy DeVos. No. Is that his name for her? That's his nickname for okay. her. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note. Are you going to get unhinged? What? It's the blockbuster book coming Why out. are you kidding? Unhinged. Oh, for uh, Omarosa? Yeah. Omarosa? My wife says Omarosa. I keep saying Omarosa, <laughs> she and corrected. she corrected me. I, I, okay, so I don't know what it how is. How much did you watch The Apprentice? Zero. Okay, well, she it's did. garbage. She did. So, it's garbage. Anyway, all right, boys. Stop. It's Will you stop him, please? <laughs> no. I can't even get a word in edgewise. Lord, <laughs> we just came back. You're not my boss anymore. <laughs> I, I will always be. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for joining us. It's been a great episode one. At least we think so. You may totally disagree. Um, but spread the word about Ed's Not Dead. You can find me at Dot on Twitter, at C.H. Siddons, at Peter Crable, and, of course, at Ed's Not Dead PC. Let us know what you think of the show. As always, if you give us feedback, tell us how awful we are, how great <laughs> we are, we will read it and your name on Ed's Not Dead. We're going to have a terrific second season. We will talk to you soon.